0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of Design Freaks, the podcast. My name's Clarita. I'm your host. I like to talk about music industry, art, and design with fellow creatives, record covers, posters, zines, etc. the stories and people behind the graphics for Freaks by Freaks. Uh, thank you for listening. This is episode 54. My guest is the great
1: Tim Kerr.
0: Uh, you may know him from Big Boys. Uh, you may know him from Poison 13, Lord High Fixers, Monkey Wrench, or one of his many other musical projects. Uh, we talk about quite a few in this episode. Um, he's also a prolific visual artist and photographer. His work is all over album covers, skate decks, ads, etc. And uh, he oh, he also has a book I forgot to ask him about called Self-Taught. It came out last year. Uh, he's Brilliant artist, but also brilliant at connecting people, creating community, encouraging creativity uh, amongst both the youths and like advocate. He's an advocate for lifelong curiosity. You'll hear about that, staying curious and open-minded. What a great interview. Um, So grateful. And his accent made me so homesick. Um, I'm from Austin, Texas, if you didn't know. And I do miss it. Um, you know, regardless of Texas politics uh it's just a really unique place there's there's no other place like it. Look at all the great bands that come out of Texas. Oh, also we've been using gender neutral language this whole time y'all because y'all means all so uh yeah, you'll get to hear how he worked creatively with Randy Biscuit Turner, uh some hilarious stories what he's- com- um what's coming up for Tim. You know, I could have talked to him forever. He's one of those people. What a joy to talk to. And I've said this about guests before, but in Tim's case, he really needs a podcast. I mean, not like to make money, but because like I think the world would benefit from his point of view and his positivity. Such a rare thing. Anyways, uh, but first before the interview, I want to say thank you so much for listening. Um, if you enjoy the show, please share it with other vinyl and design freaks, and leave an iTunes review, uh, and subscribe. And thank you uh, for those who've left glowing five-star reviews. There's a couple new ones here. Uh, really appreciate it. Cat, um, cat the awesome cat with K's said, "I've listened to a great many of these episodes. Always find it to be fun and informative. Dive into any subject covered." must for design curious slash enthusiasts with the love of music records and those who design them especially if you're from the northwest i always learn something cool glad someone's talking about this stuff thank you so much kat and then undisputed gamer says thanks for making a different type of design podcast you're welcome uh this is a labor of love i want to give a huge special thank you to my donors uh first of all tim freeman Thank you so much for your generous contribution to the show. Really appreciate that. And Peter Ramberg, thank you. I feel like this is your probably second donation. So repeat donor. Love it. It helps pay for all the subscriptions that you need to run a podcast. Um, So from the recording platform to just keeping the merch store running, um, it's put to good use and uh yeah go to my website if you'd like to donate or buy merch it's a fun way to contribute so this is normally the time where I say uh for more music related podcasts go to Ruinous Media but we actually have a big announcement so I helped work on the landing page for this it's the podcast to accompany the Lou Reed Words and Music May 1965 album that I talked about in my last episode so Uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. Ruinous Media, in partnership with Light in the Attic and Dan Gallucci of Little Everywhere, presents a special podcast, Lou Reed Words and Music, May 1965. Uh, The podcast is about the recently discovered Lou Reed demos. In my last episode, I interviewed Masaki of Fixed Design, who's responsible for the gorgeous packaging for Lou Reed Words and Music. Um, The podcast is hosted by TV on the radio's Tunde Aribimpe. There's exclusive audio, archival materials, interviews with Matt Sullivan, co-owner and founder of Light in the Attic Records, and Lou Reed archivists Jason Stern and Don Fleming. They give their insights into how the tape was discovered. The songs were recorded by John Cale and Lou Reed in the spring of 1965 uh, when he mailed himself the package and it stayed unopened until recently. So um, listen along as Sullivan, Fleming, and Stern share their appreciation and knowledge of these extraordinary recordings. And the recordings are extraordinary. It's so different from Velvet Underground, and there's a fascinating history behind why that is. So that's why you know, getting the record is a cool way to hear it, but the podcast kind of tells the story. Um, so to hear that podcast, to order the record... Streaming, all that stuff. Uh, and for more music related podcasts, check out ruinousmedia dot com. And the Lou Reed podcast page link will be in all the usual places where I put things. Uh, so check it out. And now here's my chat with the one and only Tim, Tim Kerr. Tim Kerr.
2: played Irish music for a pretty long time like I played Uh button accordion Uh and like when COVID happened because you know you're so it's such a a oral tradition kind of thing that you sit with people and play all the time so when COVID happened you couldn't sit in groups anymore just like old time stuff too Uh and um, so people were trying to do it like me and you right now you know like you'd start a tune and I'd start trying to play with you but the trouble was was that it, it was there was a delay so like what i'm playing is driving you crazy because i'm kind of behind <laughs> where you are like i don't and i don't think they ever really which is kind of amazing if somebody came up with the the uh you know app or whatever it was to fix that that would be pretty freaking amazing <laughs> like i guarantee there'd be a whole group of people that'd be super happy about that
0: so i think that requires bending time <laughs> Yeah, so. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I'm so sorry about all the issues we're having. Know. Um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with my podcast, but it's it's basically all the stories behind album covers that we already know and that we're used to looking at, but maybe maybe there's a little bit more to them, more to the artist who created them than people know. Um, I'm also curious about your current artwork and, and yeah. not just the... The old nostalgia, but also, yeah, yeah. I know you're, I've, I've heard an interview with you talking about how music is very be here now.
2: Well, I think, yeah, I just think that the, the, you know, people, I mean, I just went and saw circle jerks and, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I'm friends with all of them and stuff, negative approach, seven seconds and stuff. And it's cool to see them and they're having fun, but like a lot of people that go to those shows, they don't go to anything new they just go to that stuff you know kind of thing and and it's and the weird thing to me is that you know i mean now granted now is a whole different situation because computers and you can find information on everything but back in the day if you were into stuff that you couldn't basically find or hear anywhere and you really had to scope it out and find it what what made you stop like what happened that you you know, because and I've said this a hundred times, but you know, we've all got friends where everything stopped in 1983 or everything stopped in 1992. You know, kind of, and nothing's ever going to be any better than that Who's Groove album, and everything else sounds like that Who's Groove album, and it's just, and it's, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's like this, and it's just kind of depressing and sad to me. But teach his own, you know, whatever. So, but oh, yeah, that's, and so I think that's that's the one thing. And the other thing that's kind of an odd thing to talk about because you, cause I definitely am super honored and like humbled and everything that anybody asks about any of these bands or any of this stuff, just because it's crazy to me, you know, it's like, it's um, like I say, I'm honored and stuff, but there, there's a, there's been a lot. So it's like, it, it's funny to me when so many people like it, big boys, it's, big bo- and it's like that's my high school touchdown pass everything stopped then that's and it's and you know no and in reality lord i fixers is the one that like really affected me the most know but if that's my only problem that's the not a very bad problem to be having at all so you know it's not something to gripe about so you know and plus i'm really not griping does that make sense like it's a weird thing to talk about because you sound like this you sound like somebody that's you know like well i this is now you know kind of and it's Mm -hmm. it's all connected but it's all connected you know it didn't it it didn't stop back over here and now you know, let's go back. That was the best time ever for me. Let's go back, you know, kind of thing. It's, I hope I haven't seen the best thing yet. So, you know.
0: I know. I think it's something about there's something that happens with certain people where their development or their curiosity doesn't carry over that much um, because it's a lot of effort to stay curious about music and open-minded. Um, what? Yeah, I'm. I'm from Austin. I moved here in 1998. I know a lot of Austin people can be like that here in Seattle. There's a lot of grunge people stuck in the grunge era. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Which was cool. And you know, all these things are awesome. And I remember, you know, growing up in Austin and I do think fondly about that, those times, but I love your point of like, don't miss the band that's happening right now.
2: Now What's going on, you know, anything in life, you know I mean? It's just, it's just a weird thing to me that you're kind of, you know, you you feel like you missed it, you know, kind of deal. I like, feel like, oh, man, I just I missed it all. You know, I wish I was born. That, that's, you know, really depressing to me. I mean, it's <laughs> sad. But once again, to each his own, not my problem, your problem. You know, it's like, I don't know what to, you know.
0: So, so back to the albums, and we are going to take a trip to the past, I suppose. Oh, that's a minute, fine. But-
2: I'm saying I'm totally honored about it. I mean, I don't <laughs> talk to anybody about that stuff, so, you know.
0: But I, I just, I love your, your aesthetic, and even if it may not have been intentional, it may have been a reaction to something else, but w- did you go to art school? What were your art beginnings? How did you learn to express yourself? Um,
2: music and art, I've been doing since before elementary school I mean I just always did it I just didn't it, it's like breathing I just didn't even think about it as other than you know so um, when it came time to go to college because I'm from that I'm 66 so I come from that generation that like and both my parents were teachers so it's like I come from the generation of like you go to college when you get out of high school you know kind of thing so and I didn't really know what I wanted to I didn't have any you know, didn't know what I was going to do or what I wanted to do, and so I, the, the I knew I wanted to come up to Austin because, at that point in time, Austin's really different now. But at that point in time, if you were into what you're talking about, or just any sort of self-expression or art or anything, anything other than just football and being a banker and just the small-town Texas stuff. Uh, this is where you came. This was this was like little San Francisco, so this is where everybody came. And I wanted to come up here, and plus Beth was up here, so I wanted to come up here because of Beth. And uh, the school didn't have guitar at that point in time for uh, music. And I knew I didn't really want to do drama. I wasn't really into doing that. And I drew and painted all the time and did stuff for friends. And it was like, well, I do art. I'll go to the art school. And so my parents you know, ride right off or like, oh, okay, well, you'll teach, you know, because it's just not their orbit is that's their orbit, you know, kind of thing. They don't realize there's other things you can do with, with that degree. And, uh, so I have an art degree and I had Gary Winogrand as a photography teacher, which was a pretty big freaking deal. And uh, although I didn't know at the time who he was, I just had a class, you know, I had two or three years with him and stuff. And, uh, The only thing you really... I mean, it's cool being around a bunch of people that are doing stuff. That's really great. And I just got back from being at a... uh, You're going to see this cat up here a bunch of times. Yay! Then uh, um, I was just at the 309 house for the the residency there and stuff. And, uh, you know, we were talking about all of this, about how it's really great to be around a bunch of people that are creative and doing things. But, But other than that, art school, you don't... you you learn bullshitting and attitude is basically what you learn in art school. And so it was, you know, that and then graduating and getting right into punk rock uh, was almost like a one-two punch, you know, because that kind of showed you that too and DIY and all that. So so that's what happened. Like I got out of school, started doing stained glass. Uh, Big boys were going to play one time Raul, see if we could play Raul's once. And this was like 78, 79, 70, it's before hardcore. And uh and Chris and I flipped a coin to see who was gonna play guitar and bass because I played we both played guitar and he got bass and I got guitar and and so here we go. And so and then the that you know just kind of kept going. And so I kept doing art, but I wasn't doing like big p like I do now again. I wasn't doing big pieces or anything like that. We were just doing Lots and lots of posters, lots of uh, you know album covers, things like that, and and big boys. What would happen would be three of us did art: biscuit, me, and Chris. So what would happen would be like every time something would come out, it was like, okay, now this time you get the cover, and I'll take the back. And Chris, you get the you get the inside, okay. you know, kind of the stuff. And so then the next record would be okay. Well, now I'm doing the inside. Chris, you've got the cover. Biscuit, you've got the back. So it was that sort of round robin type thing with all the the covers of it. So
0: did you all communicate and try to make it like one piece? Was there like a theme or like or was it just about the music on that record?
2: No, we just did whatever anybody wanted to do on them. That's pretty much what it was. So you know, like it's. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, the only time I think we ever tried to do something together was when Touch and Go reissued uh, the big boys stuff. And the idea was supposed to be like the sun and the moon. Mm-hmm. And then there was a half pipe that was going to be kind of the smile mm-hmm. and then do you know people skating or whatever. So that's what I did. But when Biscuit decided what he was going to do, he decided that's not what he's going to do. And he did something else. So now when you put them together, it doesn't really have the look like it was gonna have. Art's art,
0: so. <laughs> The The gatefolds here, I love the photos inside. And, this, was and
2: this is, okay, this one I think is the one that uh, uh Gern Blandstead put out. I right. think that's what it is. I think. Yeah, or is this, what who put is, this out? Is this Light in the Attic or is this Gern
0: By Light in the Attic.
2: Yeah, so Light in the Attic, what they wanted to do was they, they this was after the, t- this was a, I, I'm horrible. At, I mean, there, it's been so long and I really have kind of done a bunch of stuff that the, <laughs> This was done, I think, in the 90s. It might have even been in the 2000s. I can't even remember. I guess it is in the 2000s. Uh, but they, they, Light in the Attic, wanted to re- reissue all the stuff on I vinyl. And uh, yeah. And so they put out two different sets. And what it was, was they put out the uh, Where's My Towel? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they put out the Fun, Fun, Fun EP. Mm-hmm. And then they put out uh, the Lullabies one and the Cafeteria one. And so all of that stuff is, is different. I mean, I can tell you stories about each one of them, but the, but the thing is, is they packaged it how they did. Does that make sense. Yeah. So like the picture in the middle, like if you, on the lullabies thing, if you flip that thing over Mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, I mean, like I'm saying, like if you opened it up, like you really only had, it wasn't a gatefold. It was just a one thing. And, um, the back would be a totally different thing than what you're seeing now. That would be the oh. back. And so that back I drew and what that is, is that's a, a Bill Daniel who did a really great film called Bozo Texino and has done a bunch of different stuff. Um, he took a photo of me when we were going to California and we were at a gas station and I was just skating around cause we were you know, waiting for people to use the bathroom or whatever kind of type of thing. And so I drew me um, uh, it's a drawing of me from a photo of me kind of type thing. And then uh, I can't remember exactly. I think the, the skull stuff is from the voodoo box that's in the house. And then I can't remember what the, the Chinese writing does say something, but I can't remember now what it said uh, or what it translated to. And, uh, and I don't remember. I don't remember what I, there's usually like little, like on the lullabies when I did the cover, Mm-hmm. and uh and there's a lot of like little messages in that thing and there's actually a lot of little messages in this thing because on the skateboard um because we just now madrid just uh, put out a board that's my board and i put that graphic on there for because they kind of wanted a little bit of a tie-in and so if you look at it the only thing i had to take off was independent like on the stickers because they mm-hmm. they were worried about you know businesses but they didn't see that i had alva up on the nose and yeah <laughs> he's still going so i wrote to him and said hey i just shouted out to you you know you're on this board kind of thing so he was laughing about it and you know there's just the out of steps for ian and all of them and just you know just because we were all we're still family so yeah. You know. and what
0: and the cover biscuit
2: biscuit did the cover Aww. of
1: that
2: so yeah and there was actually a band called Rights of the Accused from Chicago, and they kind of had the same sort of looking character. So I kind of have a feeling Biscuit must have seen that character and then drew that because they literally had, like I saw their character before I saw Biscuit draw that. So, you know, who knows? Like yeah. <laughs> but on the cafeteria one, there's a lot of different, like the there's a, uh, like the little girl has a name tag that says Corey. And that's a shout out to Corey from touch and go and stuff to saying hello to him. And the X on the hand is for DC crew. And uh, we're standing in an empty swimming pool. There's, there's just a bunch of stuff on that one. And there's also, there's an alphabet at the top because I was really, really into graffiti and kids were sending me alphabets from like all the different, like, you know, Midwest, East coast, West coast. So that was an alphabet And then where it says going all city, all state is because when you were doing graffiti on the subways, it was going all city. And I figured since this album's going to go outside of the city and into the states, it was going all city, all state. That's what I wrote on there. So there's there's just I mean, there is like stuff for pretty much all of them. So,
0: yeah. Did you ever draw on trains or?
2: No, but I definitely like tagged a bunch of stuff and I just heard this thing the other day that somebody sent to me of Jeff talking to uh, there's a not not the Joe, you know, but there's another Joe that's kind of they're they're still working on a big boy stock and stuff and they talked to Jeff Nelson and he was talking about how one of the first times we were in DC and we were at the 930 club, we were in that back alley and like and I you know I had no idea what was all back there and stuff and so there was a bunch of people all hanging out and there's these old doors that were just covered in graffiti, you know, I mean, just like, so I went over there and put the anarchy Skateboard thing on there and stuff, and then all of a sudden Ian's yelling at me, and everybody's yelling, and it's just like, you're going to ruin the scene, You, you're, if you get me, and kind of, and what it was, it was Ford's Theater, and I'd written on the door of Ford's Theater, right, but the deal is, it was, I mean, you. there was so much graffiti on there already that it's like, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, mine's, that's the only one, you know, so... <laughs> But, yeah, I used to – I mean, I, I didn't really do trains, but I definitely tagged different places and stuff. So, yeah.
0: Now when you do murals, um, do you does that feeling kind of come back of, like, tagging? <laughs> um,
2: if I sign it, it kind of does. Like, But I'm signing everything your name here now because the idea for that is that, that if you look at the bottom of any of these pieces to see who did this – and you see your name here it's like yep come on do something you can make clothes you can do a podcast mm-hmm. music you can come on you know kind of so that it's kind of like a call to arms so I've done there there's a couple of times where uh I've done the drip one on the sidewalk underneath and done your name on there you know where you drip them if you've seen that where you take paint and you kind of drip it down and you write oh. like that. and uh so I've done that there's some woman in I think it's a woman. It might be a guy that is doing uh, big flowers in, in uh, New York. Like you see these great big huge sunflowers and stuff that are all that drip kind of thing on the side. Well, I still love, I mean, I really like looking at all that stuff. I really like Barry McGee's stuff. I really like Oscegemia's stuff. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm real into all of that. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, what uh, What are you working on now? Do you have a big show coming up?
2: um there's a couple of things like there's the first of all there's a really great place in alabama in huntsville called the low mill and the low mill is uh just it's like a bunch of kind of like uh, studio places for you know people like if you were you know if you wanted to set up your podcast and have a little studio in there they would have that but then there's big open spaces that are, are galleries and so i've had like I think definitely at least three shows now there and maybe four. I'm not sure like all painting and stuff, but, uh, and I'm really good friends with Robert. He's kind of one of the main people there now. Mm-hmm. And he, like, I really love taking photos a lot, but I take photos with toy cameras and, and, um, and Polaroids and stuff. And then I kind of bleach the Polaroids and all this stuff. And if you follow me on, on Instagram or Facebook, when Beth and I go on all these trips, you'll see all these photos. Like, and so Robert decided that, uh, you know, we took two big long trips last summer and, uh, and he decided that like, Hey, let's do a show of your photos. So that's, I'm working on that right now. Like I literally was there this afternoon printing and stuff. And, uh, and I'm going to send that off. And I think that opens late September, I think. And then, uh, and then there's a show that's going to happen at, uh, in uh, Queens on uh, October 29th is when that one opens, and that's paintings and stuff. And Beth and I are going to drive up and, uh, and you know, take stuff, and then we're going to go across and go see friends and stuff. And then Up Around the Sun is going to record at Matt's studio in Water Valley. And then, uh, and then we're headed to Huntsville for the end of the show, and we're going to put together a zine, like a book of all these photos, so that they'll kind of like what I did with 309. Like I put a book together with 309 that was just you know yeah. portraits and stuff that I'd done. So. Mm-hmm. And it, then there, sorry, there's a um, there's a guy in Houston, Robert Hodge, that uh, is this artist that you should look up. Okay. It's pretty great stuff, and he for the longest time they've been wanting me and him to get together because it's, it's, we're kind of, we're kind of addressing the same sort of stuff, but it's completely different. Like he does lots of collage stuff. And I kind of, so uh, they finally, we've been doing that. Like I've, we've been sending things back and forth and I went to Houston last weekend and kind of did a bunch of stuff. And now I guess there's going to be some, uh, big show that's at the Blaffer Museum on the University of Houston, which I guess is a fairly big deal, and uh and that's supposed to happen in May. I think is when that one's going to happen. And I mean, it's the, the pieces so far. I think we've already done five or six, and they're big maps. They're like big school maps, you know, that you pull down. So I can send when we're done. I can kind of send you little clips of. Yeah, you know, what that stuff looks like so
0: yeah because I'd love to put all that on my website so people uh, the listeners can check it out too
1: yeah
0: yeah so. um is there any way for people to order your artwork online or, or maybe that little zine you're gonna make or, or anything um if you just
2: you can message me like on on Facebook or you know I'm move TK on Instagram and I think I'm just Tim Kerr on Facebook I mean you'll 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 know it's me because I'm kind of squatting down, drawing a skateboard. You'll see a photo of me. And then there's a photo. We've been doing this really great thing. In, um, um, and we'll probably do it again in June um, where there's a really great friend of ours, Eric Caruso, that uh, is a fourth grade teacher. In, uh, and he's um, in an area in Watts where there's no, there's no money for any of the, the art or music or anything like that. So he's been getting all these people to do uh, projects with the kids so every month like shepherd Ferry, like all these different people i've probably done it for the last 11 years now and, uh, and then we started playing music with them and stuff and we've been painting murals all over schools in la so we just painted one i can't remember what the name of that school was that we just did and uh, but we've done one in the oldest school in Chinatown. We did. Uh, I mean, it's not just one. It's like a bunch of he gets Yuseke and High Dutch, and you know, all these different people come, and we all paint murals at these schools. And mm-hmm. it started Paramount at his school. So so we've been doing that a whole bunch. So and I don't even know why I brought that up. I don't know what I was saying that. I, I don't.
0: Well, now oh, I'm looking up. Okay, go well, ahead. Well, you
2: were asking like how to get a hold of me. So so. Move TK on Instagram, but also on Facebook. And what you'll see is there's a picture of a little girl playing guitar. And then you can kind of see me with a guitar too. And that's when that's we're all playing with the kids. And that's my mural back behind there at uh, the at, uh, school there. So that's Facebook. But you can write to either one of those and just ask, you know, and just ask, and we'll start the process up there. And then there's also. I have a gallery, which is kind of an odd thing, but it's just it's really good friends. And and there's a place in Waxahachie called Web Gallery, and they're really, really freaking great. And they um, they basically were coming to the shows way back. Um, They started getting really into uh, visionary art and they were doing it way before it was trendy and cool. And they were kind of making sure that all these people got paid. And, and uh, so their whole gallery is full of that kind of and it's a big gallery. And uh, it's full of visionary art, and then they also do Esther Pearl Watson. They do different people that they have that they'll show, and, I, and I've shown there a couple of different times and stuff. And now they're doing uh, one in Fort Davis. They're, they bought a building there, an old Masonic Lodge that they're, oh. like, turning into, like, this gallery there. And uh, so that's my gallery so you can you can buy books there like the, like a lot of times if i have books i'll give them a whole bunch of them so that they can send them out and stuff so so you can write to web and see if they've got any books and they have art too so
0: web gallery what city was that in again
2: waxahachie okay. texas yeah but it's web webb gallery
0: that's so cool i love masonic lodges
2: yeah well bruce is bruce is like the highest you can get it's the next to the highest you can get as far as a mason and uh so he knows all that stuff and they collect all that crazy stuff and like and then like I say now they've got this mason's lodge that they've got in Fort Davis that they're converting so
1: yeah
0: Yeah, I wanted to talk about the figures in your artwork. There's a lot of uh, people who made a big impact. People like Pharaoh Sanders, Sun Ra, Dolores Huerta. People, are are these meaningful to you? Are you? What is the statement there? Is it just people who've affected you? Okay,
2: you probably already know all this just because you obviously are into all of this and kind of know, but like somewhere in the 90s, it it seems like the graffiti kids, the skaters, the BMX kids, all these different people started doing art shows at different places. Like they just started putting it on at their house and everything. And they kind of did what we were all doing with the music. And in their mind, they were doing exactly what we were doing with the music. But the only thing that they seemed to be leaving out, which I kind of figured out after about a month or two of it, was because I couldn't quite put my finger on why this isn't the same thing. Kind of deal is art, they all hold that shit so close that it's like, you know, if if I'm having a show, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not going to ask anybody. You know, it's just they, they hold all their stuff so close to themselves that it's not this community where the music back in the day was, you know, if you and your friend walked up to us right now and said, oh, man, we've got this band. We've got like two or three songs that we just now wrote and stuff cool, we're playing next Friday. You want to get up and do your three songs? You know, kind of, I mean, it was that, you know, to get everybody going. So, and there are people that do that, but for the most part, I've just kind of realized that art is, is just this really, like it's really guarded when it comes to the, you know, because I guess they're worried that, you know, somebody's going to write about the other person and not them. I don't know what the deal is, but it's just, crazy to me kind of thing so but anyway when I first started getting asked to, to do stuff again um, I kind of was thinking about the idea that that you know just like we were talking about earlier big boys things like that people coming up to me for something that we just did and then look what happened which means like somebody can literally see the glasses you have on if they're watching this podcast later or whenever this thing comes on and go buy those glasses because they think those are really cool. You just influenced somebody and you didn't even realize that you did, you know, and that's kind of how I felt with all this music and the bands and stuff because we weren't doing it to have somebody 40 years from now asking about it and say, "Oh man, which once again, super honored, really humble when people come up and say that, but that's, it's crazy to me. So I started thinking about, well, if I'm going to put stuff out, then I want to at least as corny as it sounds, I want to try to be at least some sort of a positive influence on something. So maybe somebody will come in here and see Dolores Huerta and read about her and realize, Oh shit, I want to, I could do that. And it's like, yeah, you could do that, you know, kind of. so it's, it's, it came from that. And, uh, So it started out being stuff that that was a big thing to me, like John Coltrane or, you know, just like Rosa Parks, you know, things like that. But now, after all these years, it's kind of turned in. I've been reading and learning more about people and just, you know, like the whole thing with Robert Hodge. Like I'm learning all kinds of different people from him because uh, he's a black artist from Houston a lot younger than I am, but I came up through the third ward in Houston and there's a lot of people he's talking about that I didn't really ever know about, but I'm learning now, you know, like, okay, well, you know, Carl Hampton is, uh, was a black Panther in Houston that they murdered just like they murdered, you know, Fred Hampton and stuff. And, you know, just things like, you know, so it's this constant, it's it's almost like what we were talking about earlier about why people why do you stop like what happened that made you stop listening to stuff or learning things or looking at things or just you know trying to find something else so mm-hmm. so it's kind of yeah you know, it's it's mostly that it's coming from all of that so
0: that's so cool and also the art is cool looking it's not like you're doing photographic representations you're you're interpreting
1: yeah
2: well I mean the thing is is I I I, am really loose with it. And like, and so it's, and what will happen is is it starts out with me drawing the person and as corny as it sounds, it's when the person's looking back at me, then it's kind of like, okay, got it, you know, kind of thing. And so, and if it's something that I really like, like the, like the Roland Kirk, I've done a bunch of different times now I'll do it over and over but it never looks. Ex- I mean, it looks the same, but it's not like you can tell. Like the line. Like I'm not, you know, being really, you know, um, I don't know what the word is meticulous about following those lines. It's just a guideline for me to do it again. Does that make sense? So it's just this really loose kind of, and colors will be different. And just some days I'm dripping, some days I don't drip. You know, I don't know. It just depends on the the day. So
0: i love your color choices it looks really graphic and cool i love the skateboards um i love that it the corny thing would be if you're if they look too similar to the person or you know don't look like your style
2: oh yeah yeah
0: Um,
2: well i mean you can only hope you get us you know i mean i don't know what I'm not, you know, style is basically just what you do. I don't even know how to explain that one. You know what I'm trying to say, though? It's like you're not really trying. I mean, there's a lot of people that copy different people's styles. But, like, when you just come upon your own stuff, it's just you being you. And do, I think that's kind of we've – I've talked about this before with people that, like, I think the reason that that's – people say I can't do art or I can't play music or I can't do that. It's because they're comparing themselves to, you know, Barry McGee or somebody else. And it's like, and yeah, you're not going to look like that. You know, it's like, you you just need to do what you do. And you know, that's, there you go. You know, that's, that's your art. That's, and you know, it's, it's just as valid as anybody else's. So, you know, whether somebody likes it or not doesn't really matter. So.
0: Yeah, I think limitations are cool. Like um, in my last episode, we talked about the limitations of like where DIY and punk art comes from is the limitations of money. And maybe you don't have formal training or that skill to be realistic looking. So you do what you can with scissors and newspapers or whatever. And that's I think that's real creativity.
2: Yeah, no, that totally is. And that's, and that it's funny because the residency was at the uh, 309 Punk House in, in Pensacola. And, uh, and I kept telling them, just like, cause I, labels drive me freaking nuts. And it's just like, cause labels are so like this and like, and, and punk is absolutely not what we were all doing back in the day. Because back in the day, there was no rules. There wasn't a uniform. There wasn't rules. There wasn't any of this, like, you have to dress like this. You've got to do oh That's not fun. This is punk kind of, you know, it's so. And Chris, at one point, when Lightning Attic put out those records you were holding up and they came and filmed us and stuff, Chris said one of the best things ever, because he, he was saying, how can you possibly do punk rock wrong? But by 1984, you could do it wrong. Like, you could definitely... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I kept telling them they really need to change the name to DIY House or something. You know, like, don't put Punk in there because it's it's going to... I don't know. I think it's going to be a disservice to them, really. I think that people are going to see that name and they know exactly what that is and they're not even going to give that a chance and they're not... Where if it was DIY, they probably would. Well, what is that? Well, what's, you know, kind of... so.
0: that is so smart that there is a distinction yeah yeah So I have a question from your friend, Mike Combs. I told him I was oh, in to.
2: Yeah. Are, they, are we on right now? Are people calling in and stuff?
0: <laughs> Next caller. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I just like reached out to a couple people that um, yeah. I know. Mike's um,
2: great. You need to talk to him because his art's really, really great. Like the collage stuff he does. Have you seen it? Oh. You know. Yeah, no, his stuff is great. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I bought him his first Bob Ross paint set. Um, when we oh, that? <laughs> when we were in high school, I think. Yeah. Um. Or like right after high school. I
2: don't know if I've heard that story, but I mean, I, I know that he's got a pile of friends from that are up in Portland and all those areas and stuff because... I did a show. We all three did a show. Me and Adam and him did a show at this really small little place. And it was great. It was a lot of fun. And I met a lot of his friends there and stuff. So,
0: yeah. So I told him, I, I said, "What? I don't want to sound like uh, I just read the Wikipedia. I want to get I want to be a little bit more Nardwar with this. one." So I asked Mike. What well,
2: that's should- a really good long story, I'll tell you. But anyway, oh. keep going.
0: Oh, I would love to hear a Nardwar story. So anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, he said, "Ask him about Bad Mother Goose as much as possible." Why is that?
2: Because <laughs> a lot of people don't like Bad Mother Goose. Because we, I mean, we were straight up. I love it. I think we, and I think we were hitting just as hard as any, anything else I've been in. And Bad Mother Goose was black, white, men and women uh, playing straight up funk. And literally, when people would look at it, it's like you, literally from from Bad Mother Goose on except for Monkey Ranch, you never see photos of anybody in any of the bands I was in from then on. The the covers are never, ever photos of the band because it's like they look at you, they've already decided what you're like. And and so, you know, I tell we Robert, we were talking about this because that's one of the things that's going to be really cool about this art stuff that me and Robert are doing is that, that it's not... A white artist telling you this. It's not a black artist telling you this. It's white and black both like addressing something to show like no, you can get together here. You can do this, and you know, and no, we're it's not hippie. We're not all the same because we aren't. You know, me and you aren't the same. It's uh, me and Mike aren't the same. But you get like-minded people together, you can get something going and something will happen, and that's why Fred Hampton was murdered, that's why Malcolm X was murdered, that's why when, as soon as they realized it wasn't color, it was, you know, fought and what people's actions and what they were doing, whew, that was it, you know, kind of thing, so so Bad Mother, I mean, like, clock, like literally clockwork, so we, do you know who Schooly D is, do you remember that at all? So Schooly D was like the original gangster rapper kind of type thing, right? And Schooly D, we played with him. And uh, what kind of music you play? Funk. Looks at, He knows exactly what we play. We play boobity, 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 that Chili Peppers kind of type. And and uh, we start doing sound check. He ran and got Code Money off of the bus. And it was just shit, shit, I know it was this, shit. It's like, well, what'd you think? We said, funk, I know it was this, shit. You know, kind of, so it's, so yeah. And so that band, I've, I've, I'm I'm really proud of that band. I really like that band a lot and stuff, but, you know, it's, it's, there's definitely a lot of people that are not into that thing at all just because of the music. And it's just, you know, it's like I'm saying, it's pretty straight up funk. So, you know. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I don't know why it is that uh, we don't look back fondly on, but, but certain people like parliament, everybody likes, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Zap. You should listen to Zap. Zap's really great. So,
0: <laughs> I love Zap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay. And, you know, Sorry, go ahead.
2: boys. When Big Boys first started, we weren't skating to Ted Nugent and stuff. We were skating to the Ohio Players and all this kind of type stuff. And literally at hardcore shows, and we would have them, we'd play soul and funk between the bands because it put everybody in the best freaking mood instead of having just a bunch more hardcore going, you know, kind of thing. So... Yeah. So, you know, when we started doing covers, it was real obvious we're going to do some funk covers. It wasn't like we sat around a table trying to decide, like, well, what can we do that's different? You know, cause it's just we did what we did, you know. so
0: Well, for a punk band back then, like you guys had chops. You could play such a wide variety like of musical genres, I thought. That's what was so remarkable.
2: Oh Well, thank you. But I mean, that's just because we just... We just did. It was, you know, it's just, ooh, that sounds cool. Let's try it. Let's try a Sky song. Let's see if we can do ska. you know, kind of. I mean, it's just, you know, we just did what we wanted because that's what it was. I mean, that's what punk was back then. Do what you want to do, you know, kind of type thing. So it didn't have any of this, you know, crazy rules or anything that it has now. So Yeah.
0: I think the Clash helped people kind of understand. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> a little bit, at least. Well, they did, they did some straight up dub. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I mean, I thought they were great. I'm not saying it like that. I'm just saying that I don't know if people, I, who knows? I mean, I, I don't know. So.
0: Well, I love all your work. Um, you do so much art uh, and you music and murals and you get so many people involved and you're so about community. I just thank you for talking to me. Um,
2: thank you. And- who else has questions?
0: Oh well Dave Bessenhofer, he influenced my question of do you know Dave yeah
2: yeah yeah he's great he's a really good guy in a really he's been in a couple of really great bands and stuff but yeah he, he's he's definitely a really good guy and he just now came home from tour so yeah if you go to my website, and you see the picture of me kind of with the guitar coming down and stuff. And it says, this is a future song. Nobody's walking on my grave. That's total Dave, Dave. That was a song that they did. Uh, I can't freaking think of the name of the band right now. I recorded them, but I can't think of what that band was called, but they were great. Like a really, really good band. So, it was, And it was, it was the band after the gimmick. He was in the gimmicks for a little mm-hmm. bit. And then he started up this band right after that. And uh, um, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, you can ask him and see. I feel bad. So I'm sorry. Oh, Dave, I will.
0: With... I could have him call in. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I, I can... don't remember all though, but it, it was a really, really great band. So
0: well, like a three, a three piece. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's a great guy. I want to say also, I didn't um chime in. I think our, I think echo is turned off like the echo cancellation. So it's like kind of cutting you off, but but yeah, Mike is a great artist. Um, he does tell that story about how I bought him that first paint set, but he would have painted anyway. So please stop saying that, Mike. You would have done art.
2: Well, really good artist too. You seen the stuff he draws? Oh yeah. So
0: we worked together at the University of Washington.
2: Yeah, because he he moved up there for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. he we work on the same design team.
2: Oh, that's cool. Yeah.
0: And he's the video guy, but. He always, um, or not always, but I've seen his art a ton on social media and I've seen stuff that he's worked on um, just on his iPad and stuff like that. It's incredible.
2: Yeah. No, he does really, pretty amazing stuff. So Yeah,
0: really, really cool. Um, and I love the Hex Dispensers. Well, what about
2: this question?
0: So his, he wanted me to ask you about, and I actually um, kind of paraphrased him asking about the the people that you paint the figures that you paint. Yeah. And okay,
2: well, um it answered that. So <laughs>
0: yeah, there was another band that he brought up. Um I'd never heard of them and I forgot to write it down. Um Mick Collins was in it.
1: Uh
2: it's either oh well King Sound Quartet.
0: Right.
2: King Sound Quartet. And then that evolved into Now Time Delegation. And now, time delegation was uh, Lisa from the Bell Race singing, and not Mick. And uh, and then Mick was the King Sound stuff. Yeah. So and that that all happened because Alex, who's in uh, Hex Dispensers now, was in a band with uh, Mick called Blacktop. It basically we had to call it something different because it ain't gonna sound like Blacktops anymore if I'm sitting in there and Stephanie and stuff. So King Sound happened, and all. Uh, and we did a single for. Uh, Estras and we did a record for um uh, uh, in the red and stuff and then the whole side is uh, space is a place sunra like i got him to do that so <laughs> uh. and that turned out pretty great and then denya from bad mother goose is actually singing on it too so that's pretty great so.
0: Feels like a lot of things have been changing lately. Um, there's been a lot more like working class advancements for people with unionizing and such. I know you're in Texas, it may not feel,
2: yeah, no, it doesn't feel like we're, we're worse than Florida now. So,
0: but see, I <laughs> but, grew up during Ann Richards down there,
2: yeah, yeah, great, yeah, yeah. And I just did a big painting of her with a uh, Molly Ivers and I gave it to the people that gave it to the woman at a uh, uh, Bolden Creek to have just because Bowling Creek is great. Like what she's doing all the time with people, Leslie and stuff, it's, it's really kind of amazing how she treats the workers and she, she'll have days where all the money goes to Planned Parenthood or just, you know, she's, she's great. It's like, so I, I told her at some, one of the last times we don't go, Austin is just, I don't know when the last time you've been here back, but it's just so different now. And the traffic is so ridiculous and just, and it, Now it easily takes you almost an hour from where we're right where the intramural fields are. We're kind of, we're right at North loop where all that stuff was is where we're at. And to get to Bolden Creek now it takes close to an hour driving, which is like used to take you 15 minutes at the most, you know, kind of type thing. So, so the, the gist of it is we don't go that much. And the last time we went, um, she came out and was talking to us, and uh, I just said, You know what? I want to do a painting for you. Who do you want? You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not charging you or anything. It's just great what you do here. I want something for you, you know, to have and stuff. Not necessarily a hang in the restaurant, just you. Here's, here's what you can do what you want to with it. So she wanted Ann Richards, and then I put Molly Ivers in there too. So
0: <laughs> that's so awesome. What a great tribute. Um, yeah, I grew up in a Brody and William Cannon, like way down south. Yeah, yeah. And it uh, used to be the woods behind our house. <laughs> and now oh, yeah. it's like strip malls forever.
2: It's it's like, we're seriously thinking about moving. I mean, we really, and especially if freaking Abbott wins again, oh my God, we're like, we're out of here. Because it's, and we, you know, I'm born and raised here, and so is Beth. So it's like not Austin, but Texas. You know? And especially if freaking Trump wins again, oh my God, like this is, We may move to Canada British Columbia or something like that out of here. So it's like
0: that's. I I can say knowing a lot of Canadians from living up here, they don't want us. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, stay out of here, you weirdos. Yeah. yeah. Well, all the more reason to keep making this positive art and keep, you know, creating community because that's what conquers all this stuff. The fear and anger and. Yeah. 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 So good work and well done. Um, anyway, is there anything else you want people to know? Um, people who may not be as familiar, maybe they're younger, they may not be as familiar with your work.
2: I mean, they can go there. There's net that they can go to and see a bunch of stuff and then Instagram and Facebook and just, you know, go there and, you know, it's, it's basically one foot in front of the other and I'm just doing what I do and i uh, you know that people want to hear about it it is pretty amazing to me, and once again honored. You know, so. You know.
0: Uh, well, thank you so much again. Thanks for talking to me. Sure,
2: no problem.
0: So, All right, keep on rocking. Okay, Bye. see ya. See
2: ya.